is a brand new introduction chad thank you for uh, putting that together it took like five minutes what was that from what is that that is from jim gaffigan's miss no not mm. mr universe uh, no yeah mr universe did you see his new special jim gaffigan yes i did cinco yes very very funny it is funny but not as funny as mr universe yeah that's a, that's open to interpretation very subjective all right well we are here this is a podcast called an open letter. My name is Dave. So thank you all for listening. And as we always do, we're going to introduce everyone who's here tonight. So first off, hello to Chad. Hello. Hello to my lovely and beautiful wife, Carol. Good evening, everyone. And then we're going to say hello to ghost hunter number one, Dan. Or Wayne. I'll go first. You're going to, this is Dan. Dan. Good, good evening. Nice to be here. Wayne here. And then we do have another audience member. Let's give applause for the audience member. Okay, let me find the applause. There we go. <laughs> Hi, everybody. And Holly's here raising the roof. What? Um, so what? I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure where that came from. That yeah. might be the scariest thing that'll happen tonight. Yeah. All right. Tonight. I can see all your kids right now saying, getting on the phone with all their friends. Okay, <laughs> raising the roof. What? Yeah. Don't ever say it again. No, Uncool. They- what makes you think our kids would want to listen to this? Because they love their folks. <laughs> I and they wouldn't get on the phone either. They're teenagers. They'd be they, texting. Would, they would Snapchat. No, that's Snapchat. True. That's true. That's yeah, true. I work with um, a younger lady because I'm almost fifty, and she uh, and she's like all about like people. People her age don't Facebook much anymore. They don't text a lot. They're Instagramming. They're Snapchatting, and probably something else I haven't heard of. But anyway, we're going to start tonight off with, of course, an off the cuff question and this is based on something carol and i are really struggling right now with this with this temptation in our life there is a concert coming up and we're super excited we want to go to this concert so badly but it's all it's it's across the country and it would cost a bit of money and so i want you to tell me what would your dream concert be if you could see any two groups or more and whether maybe they've broken up or somehow you could bring them back together or bring them back to life, considering we're talking about ghosts. Um, any, <laughs> Carol didn't like that. So any concert, any band, any couple or solo artist, whatever, who would you want to go see your dream concert? The floor is open. The Eagles. The Eagles, anybody, anybody opening for them? Or just the, Eagles. the Eagles are done because Glenn Fry died no, last I year. No, I know, but did you not hear how I prefaced oh, the okay. question? All right, all right. Anybody who's opening for them. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'm saying Eagles with Glenn Fry, or is there a band that. So, yeah, the Eagles, as they were, can't do it anymore. No. So, or is just the Eagles, that'd be enough? Uh, the Eagles is enough for now because then anything else would require me to think. Well, we don't want that. No. All right. Um, Dan, do you have an answer? Uh, the Eagles would be a great one. I would have loved to have been able to see Prince before he passed away. Um, but probably my favorite would be the police, which could mm-hmm. still actually do it if they that wanted to fun. again. 
And I think if I had to have somebody open for them, Sting. That'd be a good opener for him. Wouldn't that, Staying wouldn't opening that, for that the would, police. That, that would work. Very appropriate. Yeah. Well, I think that seeing, say, you two and Mumford and Sons in like Vancouver would be amazing. Is that the one you guys? That's are talking the about? one we're talking about. See, there are going to be Seattle, Vancouver. And San Francisco, the only three concerts, it's a 30-year anniversary of the Joshua right, Tree album. I heard about that. Best album of all time, in my humble opinion. And that is my one of my dream concerts, is U2 and Mumford & Sons. The other dream concert for me, which I saw in uh, Soldier Field a couple of years ago, was U2 and Snow Patrol. That's the best concert I've ever seen in my life. It was amazing. Um, Wayne, do you got one? Sure. I've seen the Eagles now. I've seen the Rolling Stones. I've seen the Who. I've seen a lot of bands, but I have never seen Eric Clapton. I'd love oh, to see Clapton. Clapton. Yeah, one of the all-time greats. And then uh, Tom Petty. I like I like Tom Petty's new stuff. So. And my favorite worship band is Run Collective. I've already seen them a few times, but it would be my dream to be able to see them again. So that would be mine. And second would be Adele. So, although I don't know if she would open for Run Collective. I think it'd be more like Run Collective opening for Adele. I got to see Run Collective before anyone had ever heard of them, and I didn't know who they were, and I really enjoyed it, but I was like, who are these people? And then a year later, I was like, oh, that's who that was. I'm going to give a shameless plug to Stephen Malcolm. I would love to see him in concert. He's a very new Christian uh, artist. He's a rapper from Grand Rapids. Yes. Never heard of him. He is excellent. Look him up. Could you lay down a little rap for us right now, Dan? Do you got no, something for us? I do not no. rap. All right. Except at Christmas when it's presents, right? My wife does that. <laughs> so now if if Bono or uh, any of the Eagles or anyone listening, you know, if, if any of these guys are listening and they want to uh, do a special concert for an open letter, we would we would be excited about that. We'd be on board for that. That'd I think. be fine. Yeah, okay. We, you have our permission to even use our logo to promote the right, concert. Right, right. So, yeah, that's right. We'll call it an open concert. An open letter concert. You don't know. You don't know. That's the whole point. All right, so here we are, part two of the interview with the Ghost Hunters. And we have done a lot of thinking the last week. We have been doing, um, definitely doing some praying, but a lot of conversation because this has really challenged us. And we've had to go back to the Bible and kind of see, well, what does this say about this? And so here's one of the things that I'm going to preface the show again, like I did last week. But there are three, and when it comes to this type and, and many different sources of conversation and information, there's really three ways in this type of thing where you're going to get your information from or build your foundation on. You have the Bible. You're going to get your information from there and different Bible verses, and you're going to build some of your foundation on that and extrapolate some information, and then you're going to kind of build theology and theories based on what the Bible tells us. And then the other thing that you're going to, and this is my non-Christian friends who like this, is, of course, science. What does science have to tell us? What information can we glean from the scientific world, research, experiments that have been done there? Um, now, I, for one, very much strongly believe in science, but my number one foundation is the Word of God. It's the Bible. Um, and that, for some people, 
you don't agree with that, and that's okay. That's where you are. I understand that. And then the last different uh, foundation you can use is I'm going to call it the foundation of experience. And that is simply, can't really find anything in the Bible. The Bible's certainly not definitive about everything. But you take little verses in the Bible and you kind of go a long distance with them. And then you have experiences that you try to marry with what you think the Word of God is saying and the little bit of science that we have. Honestly, from what I can tell, there's not a ton of science when it comes to the paranormal, at least not widely accepted science. A lot of it is more fringe science. The main scientific community isn't really going out there saying ghosts are real. Supernatural realm is real. Um, in fact, from what, I, what I've been able to discover is most of the prestigious scientists that I've been able to see do not believe in ghosts and don't really believe in the supernatural realm. Now, there are exceptions, of course. And that doesn't mean you throw it all away because there's certainly, we know, there's times science has to double back on itself and go, hey, we used to think the world was flat. Oops. We used to think that it was a good thing to drain your blood when you were sick. Oops. We used to think eggs were really bad for you. And they still are to some extent. But we're always going, having to go back and go, oh, we didn't really understand this as well as we thought we did. So I'm not saying science is the be-all, end-all. And certainly biblically, it's a book that's been around for a couple thousand years and some parts even older, and there's a lot of interpretation and different thoughts on what even the Bible means. But the main thing is the Bible doesn't have a ton of things to say about what happens to the soul once it leaves the body. And what's going to drive a lot of bit of our conversation tonight is this whole idea of ghosts versus demons. And where are we getting this information from? What are we basing it on? Is it just opinion? Or is there something deeper and stronger we can put our faith in when it comes to these topics? Um, Dan, Wayne, do you have any comments on what I just said there, how I opened the show? No, I think you covered it pretty well. And I, I, I would like, I mean, you know, with the science part of it too, even more recently, I mean, they've had to go back and state that, you know, the Big Bang Theory is probably not correct which is huge for the biblical community, for, for Christ followers to hear them say and acknowledge that, you know, the universe didn't start from nothing. It had to have started from something. And the fact that it is constantly expanding tells them that. So their, their whole theory was shot. They shot a hole in their own theory of the Big Bang Theory, which is great news for, for Christians. Well, in, in, a, in a lot of, of course, there are... There are still a lot of scientists who would back the Big Big Bang Theory, right. and even a lot of Christians who, like, you know, for me, I don't, not that we're going to get into, you know, how God created the world or the universe. If he started with the Big Bang, sure. I don't care. Right. You know, it's he cool with me. He still started it. Right. What happened? Yeah, yeah, I think he started How did he start it? Right. Yeah. It could have been. Yeah. yeah. But we're not, we weren't there. Right. We didn't get to see it. Yeah. I'm not that old. Yep. All right. So, um, question number one tonight is, I want to know. So you guys get all these, how many calls a week do you get, would you say, from people who come check this out, we have something going on? Serious calls, once a week maybe, once, twice a week. Um, calls in general, constantly. But most of <laughs> really? them are, well, yeah, I get a lot of phone calls, and a lot of them are like, People either messing with you. I mean, the number's on the back of my van, so people <laughs> will go see it when, they, when I drive by. And they'll call and say silly things and whatever. 
so I have to, you know, sift through the <laughs> the phone calls for the for the real ones, um, the emails. Um, you know, we get yeah, usually one or two a week at least that we get and that we look into. Uh, not all of them turn into investigations at all because I mean I can sometimes explain it right over the phone that well it's probably <laughs> your, you know, your pipes rattling or something that that sounds like what you're telling me. Are they disappointed to hear that type of an answer sometimes? Um, I think most in most cases they're relieved to okay. hear something to hear somebody give them a rational ex- explanation for their fear. I think that relieves them. There have been some people that I think have been disappointed because they they want something paranormal to be going on in their house, but I think that goes back to what we were talking about last week where our society with the movies and the TV shows and stuff have right put people in a place where they think it's cool to have a ghost in their house or whatever. And, you know, no, there's not anything really cool about that. I mean, there's, you're playing with some dangerous things. But there definitely is this fascination with the supernatural, which we touched on last week. Um, and so I want to jump to, oh, Carol, you got something here? Well, you said it was dangerous. In what way is it dangerous? Well, depending on what you're dealing with, I mean, going into a situation, we don't know if what we're dealing with is a person that lived on this earth and died in their soul or whatever their being has remained for some reason, or if what we're dealing with is demonic. And if I don't know, then certainly somebody that hasn't done any research on this at all, they're not going to know. So if they're trying to communicate with this thing this entity if they're trying to you know appease it or run away from it or cohabitate with it or whatever they're putting themselves in a path that could be dangerous i mean they could become oppressed i mean we've seen we've had experiences with people that have been pushed um i've seen objects move when there's nothing there to move it you know i mean there's just things that happen that so there's a physical, uh, there's a potential physical mm-hmm. uh, things that can happen. Absolutely. But there's also, I'm sure, like you, you started with, like an oppressiveness. Yes. Could you talk a little bit? Because I want, one thing I want to do, and I think this is where we can absolutely line up and agree on, is we want to help people. Mm-hmm. Right? And I know that's true about you guys. You guys have great hearts. I'm, I'm convinced of that. And you're doing this because you want to bring relief and help to people. Right. So could you kind of describe a little bit about um, what someone might be feeling like if there's something like this going on? How might that impact them emotionally and mentally? Sure. Um, so, I mean, and, and in no way am I saying that there aren't clinical diagnoses for any of these things, but there are people that, you know, struggle with depression, um, anxiety, alcoholism, addiction, Um, pornography I mean you name it and people struggle with it and there are clinical cases of those I believe there's also a lot of spiritual cases of that being an oppression too that somebody is struggling with a specific thing because they're being oppressed Um, you know I would say like in in my case personally and that's where you know the experience part of it comes in that you were talking about that uh, you know I was an alcoholic for over 15 years and I went to AA, I went to rehab, I went to, you know, you name it, I did it. And I went back to drinking every time. It wasn't until I went and found Christ and had people praying over me and walked away from it and never had another drink. Like, in that moment, it was gone. 
I call that an oppression. I mean, I was healed of my sickness that way, not through, you know, counseling. I mean, not that those things didn't give me some tools to work through some things either, but, you know, I was healed through prayer and, and just having Christ in my life. That to me is an oppression. Have you ever gone in to investigate and ended up meeting somebody who was actually just a little crazy and imagining it all? Absolutely. <laughs> I had a student once who told me the reason he couldn't get his homework done was because the ghost that usually kept his cats busy so that he could do his homework had gone away, and so his cats wouldn't let him finish his homework. Absolutely. And I think in some cases, too, that. is that other people, and again, because of the popularity of all these shows and movies and sure. stuff, we were at one house that uh, they had several generations living in the house. And, you know, the older person in the, that called us convinced that there's stuff going on. And we're pretty, we were very convinced by the time we were done just walking through the house <laughs> for the initial um, interview that the kids and grandkids were messing with her. Oh, man. They were, they were feeding into her fear that things were going on. So there was no need to go back wow. for an investigation. We were just like, you know what? <laughs> we, we, we figured out what's going on here. So what do you do? Do you refer them to a social worker? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I mean, we just let her know what we felt was going on and, and that there really wasn't a need to, to further the investigation. Yeah, I'd kind of like to cover this with the crazy people. You know, we used to do a questionnaire 30, 50 questions, and it's, a lot of these questions were personal. You know, are you, are you alcoholic? You know, are you taking drugs? Are you hallucinating? Are you hallucinating? That sort of thing to try to narrow it down. That's fair. That's, we try to make this a process, so we go in in different steps. In the initial step, Dan and I go in and try to evaluate these people at the same time and say, are they actually seeing stuff, or are they, are they crazy? I, that, that's actually a question we ask ourselves. Mm. But these people that come to us are usually people who have been preying on this. Right. They don't have anywhere else to go. Right. And so they've called us. They said, we were at the end of our rope. We heard you on the radio, and we thought we'd give you a call. And usually what happens in these serious cases, this case, a case might last a year. So, you know, you've tried to pinpoint how many hours we spend or how many right. phone calls we get. Once we take a case on, it's to the end. They may be calling me two, three times a week hmm. if, for that whole year. Every time something happens, they want, they want to inform me of it. But, yeah, we don't just let them go. But there are cases we can't handle. And okay. if, if we get to that point, we say, you know what? You need more help than what we can provide. So who do you refer them on to if you feel like it's something? So I have two questions on that. And one is, how do you know you can't handle it? And who do you refer them to after you've reached that conclusion? Well, Dan actually has some connections that he can talk about. But if they start levitating, you know, stuff that isn't on our normal poltergeist list, uh, talking in uh, languages that they shouldn't be able to talk in. Uh, or Are you talking people? People. If they this? start doing stuff like that. Or if they're 10 years old and they're, they're showing wisdom beyond their years. Have you seen a person levitate before? No, only it was suggested to us that someone levitated. But yeah, let Dan talk about who we refer okay. them to. Yeah. So yeah, if we, you know, if it's a, I guess for me personally, above and beyond our capabilities, um, 
you know, it's a case by case thing, but like Wayne said, I mean, in no way are either one of us trained exorcists. Um, I don't perceive to understand all of the ins and outs of that. And yeah, if I, if I hear somebody speaking in tongues, you know, that doesn't have the gift of speaking in tongues kind of a thing. Like if they're speaking some ancient dialect of, you know, Latin or whatever. Or that, Sanskrit. Or San, right, you know. That's then, always a good one. Yeah, so then we will we will confer that over to and give them information. I will give them information to get in touch with the right people at the at the Catholic Diocese of Grand Rapids. Or So you go Catholic on that. <clears throat> yeah, well, because they have trained individuals okay. to to deal with that kind of stuff. well they take yeah. it they they're they're taking it seriously if right. you will and saying right. hey we we think this is a real thing as Absolutely. evidenced by all the movies Absolutely. you always bring a priest in right it's what you do right and now there are other denominations there's actually a place in um uh, wisconsin that is a non-denominational um ministry that trains will train anybody from any denomination to to do that hmm. uh there's a vetting process to be even accepted for that but I they hope so. but they do that as well so yeah all right um so you're going to this house or you've been called on the job you've determined that it's real it's legit um, i'm sure there's still times you get out there you thought it was legit and you get out there and there's someone trying to just mess with you um but how do you determine whether it is a demon or a ghost for me um I can, I sense, I have, I, I, I can feel a demonic presence. I don't really get a feeling when it's a spirit, um, I, but I definitely feel when there's something demonic going on. Okay. And then, and also just through our scientific end of it, um, and I think we mentioned it last week, was the uh, um, typical responses, if it's a spirit, it's a very simple yes, no, you know, very quiet whisper. Um, if it's demonic, they show off. It's going to be uh, full sentences. It's going to have tone to it. Usually it kind of sounds mean, maybe a growly kind of a sound to it. Um, so there's different things that we look for when we're doing our investigation, which is why we look for, you know, um, audio evidence so that we can Get, go back and confer and, and listen to that stuff to see, you know, it, is it is it a spirit or do we feel like it's demonic, you know, based on some scientific stuff and based on our feeling. So you've determined, you've made a determination one way or the other, and you, so how do you, can you give us a couple things about what you would do to drive out a demonic presence, a demonic entity? What do you do to get rid of that? So typically, I mean, if it's something that we can handle, um, if we feel it's something that we can handle, we would go through and I typically bless the house or the building, whatever, you know, so we, we bless the, the space and I will anoint the, you know, every door frame and every window with oil. And I will anoint every individual in the house with oil if they want. Um, I've gone as far as, you know, we've had people that aren't really, um, strong believers that through the process, uh, you know, um, recommit their lives to Christ. And I've done baptisms um, for people. You know, I've, I've had them come to church and get re-baptized and, you know, recommit their lives, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, we and then we try to give them tools to understand that as a Christ follower, as a believer, 
that we don't have to be afraid of. I mean, the Bible tells us that we don't have to be afraid of Satan and his and his evil. That we have the power through Christ to push him back if we put on that full armor of God. That you know we don't have to be afraid of him and his principalities and whatnot. So you know we we just give them those tools to understand that so that they can take control of their of their situation too. I have a couple of questions. One is, why is it necessary to determine the difference between the what you're calling a ghost and um, a demonic spirit if your end goal is just to get rid of whatever spiritual activity is going on? Why do you need to know the difference? Well, um, and I don't want to speak for Wayne. I'll let him answer too. Uh, but it's if the people believe that there's a that there's a ghost in their house like it might be that they think there's a relative or a loved one or you know somebody that they knew or somebody that lived there before them or whatnot um, they may not necessarily want that entity to have to leave and we give them that right if that's what they feel it is that's up to the person to determine you know, they're our client. We give them every opportunity to let us know what their wishes are as far as that goes. Um, so we don't always, I mean, our end goal is to help the client in whatever way that they see fit. So, but if it's demonic, I mean, for me personally, if there is such a thing as a ghost, as a soul that's trapped here, I would absolutely love to be able to, you know, send them home so that they're not still dwelling here. If it's demonic, then I absolutely want to send them home too because they don't belong here. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to address that because when I first got into this, and you know, my grandfather was a ghost hunter. And when I first got into this, I thought my goal is to help these dead selves move on. I thought that was my ultimate goal. That's why I'm doing this. Until I actually started doing it, and saw the faces of those families, saw that they would not bring their children back to the house that they just purchased. And then I found out we got a greater cause here, and that's the people that are dealing with this. The living people mm-hmm. are a greater cause, and, and, we can oh, do, yeah. and we can have the most effect mm-hmm. on the living. I mean, we try to deal with these theories that's so gray. We talked about that. This area is so gray. We try to use what sciences are available to us. We try to use our religious experience to get to the what is the reason behind the spirit being there. That's what we, we tried to figure out. And I take everything at face value going in. If someone tells me one plus one equals two until they prove that it doesn't equal two, I believe them. I believe that they, when they say, I want help, that they are actually asking for help. I asked them, Pastor Dan's here with us. Would you like Pastor Dan pray for you? I ask questions like that to the living and the dead. Because I think and sometimes all they need is some prayer, some extra prayer to get them over that edge. If that's all they are, it's just the, a poltergeist. If, if there's something more, I'm not going to know that till my third, fourth time in. till I put all this, these clues together and, and point it to a different direction other than the face value of things. And then I'll say, okay, it's more than what we can handle. Or we go in, we do the cleansing. Uh, and we, we offer these prayers you know, like I say we use a lot of the Catholic stuff. The prayer of uh, Saint Francis is one that I use, and a lot, all this has to do with protection, protecting them. If they're dealing with this 
something that they have no idea what it is, it could be dangerous to them. Yeah. Well, that that brings me to my other question. Um, Pastor Dan, you're talking a lot about being a follower of Christ and, um, you know, being people being rebaptized, dedicating their lives to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But in none of these prayers did it ever mention his name. And in Scripture, it's pretty clear that it's in the name of Jesus Christ that demons are driven out. So why, sure. why are none of these prayers mentioning Jesus? So the prayers that you have that are written yeah. down that, that Wayne keeps in his book, right. those are prayers that Wayne does when he's doing, when he's doing like his walkthrough. Um, when I sit down to pray with the family, I don't, have, I don't use any written kind of a script. I pray as the Spirit leads me. But this is what, this is what they're given. He said this is what they're given when you leave them. Yeah, there are those. Those are some of the things that we leave with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So why? So in the prayers, that is it because you have a difference of opinion on these things that the name of Jesus isn't in there? Are you not trying to offend certain people who aren't Christians? Because I I back Carol up on that. You know, Mm -hmm. the name of Jesus we believe Mm -hmm. through Scripture, and I think you agree with this. That's where the power is. Absolutely, God is a very generic term. Yeah. So why the generic God term instead mm-hmm. of the specific Jesus term? Sure. Um, and I don't, I, I think I'll or let Or maybe Wayne, is that a change you need to make? Sure. Well, and I'll let Wayne have a chance to speak to that too. But And like I said, you know, when I pray specifically for a family, when we're sitting down and, and uh, praying together, and when I walk through and anoint every door frame, every window frame, every individual in the house, I am absolutely every time in the name of Jesus Christ, you know? Um, so yeah, I absolutely include that, but mm-hmm. I think that in, I guess from my point of view, um, yes, those other ones are a little bit more generic because we are dealing with, you know, atheists, Catholics, Christians, maybe Jewish people, you know, what, I don't know who all we're you know, going to be coming in contact with when we, when we get to each place. Gotcha. Wayne, you had a response on that? Yeah, I'm looking to see if there was any, uh, if I had Jesus in here. I definitely have God in here several times uh, during this smudging, uh, this cleansing. Uh, and, but uh, that's curious. Yeah, I might want to uh, change that because it wasn't until I had discussion on our outline that someone pointed out, I didn't have anything in there about Ouija boards and not using Ouija boards. And so I added it at that point. And yeah, if I don't say Jesus specifically, I'm going to. And I do think that, I mean, like when Wayne reads those, it seems like he might ad-lib that quite a bit too while he's reading those and and mentions, you know, Jesus Christ while he's doing those in reading, um, even though they're not written on there. But yeah, that's absolutely something that we include in what we're we're doing in most cases. It concerns me because, um, you know, in, in the guidelines too, it talks about, uh, thinking good thoughts about um, trusting in your faith and um, good deeds and a love for life. And, you know, it's all very vague. And then there's the story in uh, Luke 11 that talks about, was it Luke 11? No, in Acts, Acts 19, the sons of Sceva, when the, holy, when the evil spirit that they were trying to cast out said to them, well, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I've heard of, but who are you? Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if these people are using these prayers that are so vague and 
don't mention the Lord Jesus Christ and they're not really believing in him, how are they being protected at all? Because in that case, it was seven men and they were overpowered and beaten by the evil spirit. Sure. And, you know, and like I said, I mean, I know that the stuff that's written down in there may not actually mention it, but, and I, I know that personally, I do mention that to them over and over again, that look, you have power through Jesus Christ and that you need to be able to go through your house. And I think I mentioned it last week too, that, you know, on a regular basis, I walk through my own house yeah. and, you know, by the power of Christ, I, you know, condemn any, any evil spirits that may be in our, in our own home. Right. And I tell people to do that at their house too. And I, and I actually walk through, I'll walk through with them and do it and, and then empower them to take over and continue doing that while I'm there just to give them some comfort. I mean, everybody feels awkward about praying if they don't do it, you know, so yeah. just well, kind of getting them used to it. It's better than going by the power of Grayskull. I mean, that's, that's, you gotta, <laughs> that's not going to help much at all unless you're dealing with He-Man or, right. or Skeletor. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, well, here at the last sentence of my smudging outline, I, I say, as these dark forces exit, we ask Jesus to close all portals behind them as they leave, and we ask God to protect us, the living, from the forces of all evil forever. Well, I'm going to go back here a second, too, because this is, we touched on this last week, but I got to revisit it because I didn't remember what your response was. Um, and this is a significant thing for me. So I had to go back again and go, and Holly and I were talking on the way here, and Carol, too, um, about, okay, I've had to open my mind that is it possible that upon death, the a soul could be trapped in this plane and somehow still interact with humanity. And I had to go, maybe, maybe that's possible. I still kind of doubt it because, again, I'm going to back to my three foundational, where am I getting my information, Bible, science, or experience. I have nothing in my life that I have no experience there. I don't see anything in the Bible about it, and science certainly doesn't have anything definitive to say about it. So it feels like that's conjecture. Sure. So if, but if it, is it possible? I have to say, because I can't see it disproven anywhere, yeah, maybe that's possible, but I would very strongly have to land on if there is a soul that somehow that is possible, it's not a believer in Jesus Christ. It would have to be someone who's not saved who gets stuck here, because I can't believe God would abandon a Christian soul here on earth. Would you agree with that? Sure. I mean, I don't know. I, I, would well, I mean, say that makes that, sense, that, right? That does make sense. I would, I would hope that a believer wouldn't get trapped here. I mean, How could a believer get trapped here that, if God loves right. us and takes care Absolutely. of us? Absolutely. The only way that I could see that even being a possibility, because I've heard of the theory before mm -hmm. of, of um, death being so instantaneous, if it's something traumatic like a, a car accident or something like that, that they don't even realize that they've passed away. But God, wouldn't but, God have known they passed away? Right. And so then, you know, so yeah, I mean, the theory that I've heard is that a, that even a follower of Christ could get trapped here that way. But personally, I would say that that I would say no. That that's so not we kind of we kind of line up yeah, on that, but absolutely. without saying absolutely no way can't possibly happen. Right, because okay. I don't know. Gotcha. Okay, Jen. so my question in is, if it's possible then that you know God does take a, a, a believer right up to heaven with Him. And you open a portal, to use your terminology, for these people who then are not believers to exit, aren't you pretty much sending them to hell? 
and that was my next question, Chad, exactly, because I'm 100% on board with you. And I'm just going to pause real quick a second. Again, I apologize for our, our listeners who are atheists or agnostic. To them, we're arguing whether Star Wars or Star Trek is better. I get that. I totally do. Star, um, Star Trek, by the way, is, is better. I would agree with that. I would, that's my brother uh, from another mother. So um, that's my question too, Dan and Wayne, is like, okay, so you've got this disembodied soul. We're pretty kind of lined up that that's probably not a Christian soul. Um, not because God loves them more. We're not going to get into all that. But um, if it's an unbelieving soul that's died and you're sending them to the light, the light is hell. I mean, and I don't, I'm, I'm not going to get into my whole theory on hell and how I believe on that. But I mean, if you're going to, if, you, if you're a believer and you believe there's heaven and hell, then if, if it's an unbelieving soul that's trapped and you're sending them home, right. what is home for an unbelieving soul? Sure. But right? okay, so here's here's two theories that I've that I've read pretty extensively about. Well, I want to know what you believe before I hear your theories. I believe that we could very well be sending them to hell. Okay, but and this is one of the theories. You heard that it here I've, first, Pastor Dan sends hell to hell. Right yes. there, you heard it. <laughs> because in in one of the theories that I've read extensively about that goes along with that would say that if they have passed on and they're still they're still here and maybe that's why they're still here because they don't want to go there I don't blame them but you know what that's what they condemned themselves to so that's where they need to go so but I mean from what you guys talked about last week and and Wayne I'm picking on you a little bit here and love my brother is that you're like go home go you we're going to send you on to this place of peace mm-hmm. i mean that's what it sounds like you're doing on some of the things that i've read and heard you say we're going to gently usher you into the burning flames of hell i mean you know what i'm saying i'm being a little bit facetious here but just a little now i kind of agree with something you said because well, i'm glad it, you agree it, with it, something but you know you, i said last week not soul that's not my word and it was it wasn't yep. my grandfather's word Right, but I don't. Okay, so that's where you you're different in that because you're saying we're not sending a soul onward. So Wayne, if it's not a demon, it's not a soul. What are you sending anywhere? If we recognize it as negative energy, but and wh- then okay, hold on, negative energy. What what the heck does that mean? Where are you deriving that from? Bible, negative energy. Science, that means experience? that means not a good thing. Well, I I. I <laughs> I know what negative means, but are you deriving that? Would you categorize that? I'm taking that information from the Bible, I'm taking it from science, or I'm taking it from experience or folklore or handed down information. Yeah. I think I think the clarification needs to be made because a lot of the terminology that you seem to be using is associated with New Age philosophy. And when you start talking about negative energies and you start talking about vibes or karma— that is new age philosophy that is not to some extent to some extent so what i'm thinking in my head when i listen to this well because i've met you guys before and i have a pretty good idea but somebody who's listening who doesn't they're hearing negative energy they're hearing portals they're hearing new age and that is very discerning to them so i guess what i would want is clarification you mean disconcerting Disconcerning. Not discerning. Sorry. That's okay, Bugs. Um, no, or Elmer Fudd. No, but... Porky. Help Pig. me understand, and this is... Help me understand, where do you get this idea that negative energy exists? Where are you pulling that information and knowledge from? 
Bible, science, or experience? Well, mostly experience. Like Dan said, he can walk in and tell us whether he feels that it's a dark Well, that's what I'm saying. So, So he's saying, I'm walking in and I feel like it's demonic. Boom, demonic. And so for me, you're opening up a third category here of some type of trapped energy. Well, where does it need to go? Is it conscious? Does it have a consciousness? And if it has, it doesn't have a consciousness, how do you even speak to it? How do you get it to do anything? Because it's, not, it's neither good nor evil based on what you're telling me. It's just trapped energy. I think you're exactly right. There are three categories. There's the energy category. Then there's the ghost category. And then there's another whole category that we can get into, and that's shadow people. Another whole, another whole can of worms when it comes to paranormal. Wayne, I'm going to get you a tinfoil hat here, buddy. Shadow people. I, I'm afraid I don't go to the shadow people or the negative energy. I still don't understand why you're calling it energy. What, where does this come from? Is it measurable energy with scientific tools? Yeah. Well, and like those tools that we, that we had out um, last week, you know, those are, that's energy that we're picking up. So there, there's a- absolutely an energy there. Right. Um, and, you know, demonic Forces can create that energy. I don't disagree with that, a honestly. A spirit can create that energy, right. maybe. I'm fuzzy on that. Um, but de- defining then what that energy actually is, is is the really gray areas. Like, what does that mean, you know? So why isn't the mainstream science picking up on this stuff? Why are the majority of our listeners going like, these guys are crazy? Well, um, and you know that you hear it. Sure. So, you know, I'm not presenting anything you haven't heard. Sure. And I know I'm talking to you guys. I don't think you're crazy. I disagree with you on some stuff. Sure. Wayne, I disagree with you on a lot of stuff. I like you. I think you're a good guy. But there's the stuff I'm like, I you're pulling it from experience right. and it sounds it sounds crazy to me. Sure. Well, I guess at one point the people that thought the world was round were fringe scientists too, and everybody Absolutely. thought they were crazy. So you guys are the cutting edge fringe scientists. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Sure. All right. Yep. All right. I, so, and, all right. And you know, and the other, the other theory, the other thought process that I, that yeah. I was going to mention yeah, sorry. before too yeah, was yeah. that um, there's those that I mean, there. It is said that I mean, uh, in your last breath, you can accept Christ and be saved. So if it's possible that you could still have a voice after death, could it be possible that you could accept Christ after you pass? I don't know, Rob Bell. What do you think? <laughs> I, that's exactly what I, that's where I was, you know, love wins, but maybe, I don't know. I don't either. It, but there again, you know, I know a lot of people were quick to jump on the bandwagon of, you know, that's crazy, that doesn't, that can't happen. Absolutely. But we dismiss it. Totally. Right. And even the stuff I'm saying, sure. There's certainly people like, oh, the Bible is real. And they're like, right. oh, buddy, you, you know, that's, that's so silly. Right. And I get that. Right. And, and the theory just says, you know, we don't know until we get there. Like, is it possible yeah. that we could do that? Well, and we are, and I totally understand where you're coming from. And there are some areas I'm willing to consider as possible. The, the energy, the negative energy stuff, the shadow people, I'd have to talk a lot more to understand. And I don't want to get into that today because we don't have time. And there's so much more. But go ahead, Wayne. I know you want something to say. And then, well, Carol, I that, want you to. The defining factor on these three categories is intelligence. four. Well, three it's, or four. as many as you want because okay. shadow people can take into aliens, um, time travelers. 
because they don't really know I what am it travelers. is. Oh yeah, it, it's so wide. I, I mean, that's one you All don't right. even want to. We'll have to talk about that off air. Yeah. But the defining factor is the intelligent response. That's what separates the energy okay. that's in a wall from one that's actually okay. talking to you and answering questions. So for you guys, that's so especially that's when you're like, okay, we're trying to determine. But how do you send negative energy away? You can't rebuke it in the name of Jesus, I don't think. I mean, that's we're we're like way off the rails on that one. Like, how do you, you know, even know I how don't, to deal? I don't with know that? about that because you remember when Jesus came up to the fig leaf or the fig tree, and he was said, "Was it an evil leaf?" Uh, no, but it, there was energy? there was nothing there for him to eat, so he spoke to it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it died. Yeah, I would okay. I'll give you that. That's yeah. I mean, I I would say that's true. Um, so anyway, I don't want to get too distracted on that stuff because that's a whole other can of worms. I didn't even know it was on the table. All right, Holly, I think you've got an interesting question here. Um, you guys talked a lot about how you investigate. And I know last week you mentioned um, using a medium. And, you know, as a believer, thinking of what the Bible says um, very explicitly that, you know, um, we're not to have any, you know, contact with mediums. We're not to consult with them, not to have anything to do with that. Just wondering what value or, I guess, anything, what does that add to your investigation using a medium, especially as a pastor, as a believer? Sure. So again, I just want to reiterate that she calls herself a medium, um, but the biblical definition of a medium to be one that conjures up spirits from the dead, um, she doesn't do that. She, I don't think she's capable of doing such a thing. So I mean, right. I guess the definition of a medium versus so you're you know, seeing... what she calls herself are a couple. They're two different things. I think yeah. more closely, what it is is that she has a she has a similar type of a gift that she can sense. Like I sense a presence. She can actually get like a name. Like she'll How? hear. She'll, How? She, I, I don't know. I don't perceive to understand what she Why gets. do you like need she, that information? It helps us to co um, corroborate if we get a voice that says a name. So if we ask like, if we ask, you know, who's here with us and it says John and she has walked through the place without hearing any of our stuff, and she gets the name John, that tells me that there's something to this name that we caught on a recording to be backed up by the fact that she gets the sense that there's a John in that space. So when that happens and you get this John in two different places, right? do you think it's a human or do you think it's a demon? Because in my my concern would be that the devil is playing you both. Absolutely, I would agree with that, Chad. Absolutely, and 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 no, I don't assume anything right up front. I don't I don't like to assume that even if it gives me a name, I don't care if it gives me an address and a social security number. I'm not going to assume. If it gives you credit card numbers, though, you right, might want to take. You might want. I could check them and see yeah, if they're still ask, active. Give them a credit report. I don't, <laughs> no, I want to use their card. Credit right. karma. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to assume though that that it's a a spirit or you know a demon. I I go into it trying not to assume one or the other so that I can keep an open mind and you know do the best that we can so, for the client. If I can clarify what you're when when you what you're saying is first of all there's a biblical definition of medium and that is somebody that conjures up spirits. Right. 
And she is not a biblical definition of a medium. She calls herself a medium. Right. So why do you call her a medium if she is not the biblical definition? Because I could understand her business card. Then that's the only reason why. But you personally do not believe she's a medium. Absolutely not. I don't believe that. I don't believe the based on the biblical definition of a medium. I don't believe that she's a medium. Were you concerned at first when she introduced herself as a medium, or were you like, you know, just yes? Okay, so you were yeah, like, Whoa. I'm always apprehensive about you know that the Bible. kind of. And and actually, like, and I don't know exactly where Wayne stands with the that whole part of it. I'm a, I, as as much as I believe in all of this stuff, I'm a huge skeptic when it comes to mediums. Like, I think that they can play games with people. They ask questions that lead. Answers yeah, that, yeah. that give them answers. Like fortune tellers. So, right. so yeah. a modern-day definition of a medium would be similar to a psychic. Yes. Pretty pretty close, yeah. That would be more apt to be a definition for what she does rather than, you know, the biblical definition of a medium. Absolutely. Okay. Let me jump to this. So where do you, where do you get your information? If you're going to do research on this stuff and you want to learn more about what's happening in the spiritual realm and how to deal with these things, where do you go to get more, where do you do your research? There's not a lot of that. A lot of these sites that advertise that they have, they seem, honestly, they seem quite sketchy to me, Mm -hmm. which is why people make fun of them and don't believe it. If you're in that community, um, there are some paranormal investigators, researchers that have been around for a while that have, their own websites that have their own books that have that you can even you know set up uh, Skype interviews and stuff with them and sit down and talk with them and present your evidence or your questions or whatever and they'll they're more than happy to work with with you right um, so I mean that's where I go for that part of it but before I even go that far is you know I mean I spend time in the word every day and part of that time typically involves paranormal research like is there a biblical background for what i'm you know what we're doing in this in this particular case that we're working on is there something biblical that i can find that might that can back this up and 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 tell me that this is possible or should i be looking at this as you know this case there's nothing real about this case or is it demonic or you know what what is the possibility of that based on what i can find um I'll just read the passage here. This is in Leviticus 19. It says, verse 31, it says, Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out, and so make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. So in the Bible, it's actually making a distinction between mediums and necromancers. Uh, The necromancers being the ones who conjure up the spirits of the dead, usually for the purpose of getting wisdom or insight, you know, for the future. Mm -hmm. But it does also specifically mention mediums. So to you, what would be the Bible's definition of a medium then? If it's not a necromancer because the Bible's making the distinction between the two. Uh, I think that those two are very close together um, because the medium that was called up um, in in Samuel that conjured up, you know, a spirit... Um, so, you know, I, I don't, then, I, and, and then why are both mentioned so many times in the warnings in the old Testament, they well, mention specifically mediums and necromancers. And I think in some, it depends on the, the translation that you use too. Some of them don't even use both of them. So then you're going back to, um, you know, translation and what those actual root words mean. Um, so, you know, it, it's, 
it can be the same thing. I, I don't I don't really know um, you know what what those the those two things how they would be defined differently. I think that those are very similar things, a medium and a necromancer. I think the necromancer's purpose is to specifically conjure the dead. I think that a medium, part of what they do in that biblical terminology of it is, you know, to communicate with spirits and to conjure spirits and to do many things that, that they that they do with, you know, dealing with the dead. During the interview, I always ask, do you mind if we bring in this medium? And then if they're really concerned, they'll ask more about, you know, what she's all about and what she does. This is an interesting note. Our medium, quote unquote, believes that ghosts have every right to be there. She doesn't necessarily follow along with Dan and I's belief that maybe we can get them out of the house. Well, we don't go in there and say, definitely, we can get rid of this for you because so much of this is the gray area. I mean, we try and we use the tools that are available to us, uh, the prayers and that, you know, the St. Francis prayer, I mean, I'm sure they're talking about Jesus, even though they don't say it uh, right in there. I mean, these, these Catholic prayers are ones that I use because they're there and they're available. The other, people are using their own prayers, though, most of the time. They, they've already been praying. I think what I'm still struggling with just a little bit is, you know, especially as, you know, a pastor and as believers, if we're encouraging or involving a medium um, in, in your guys' investigations, you know, and the Bible explicitly forbids it, um, you know, are we enabling or encouraging something, especially if you guys are bringing it into somebody's home or offering to bring it into somebody's mm -hmm. home, are you enabling something then that God explicitly forbids? That's quite possible, um, but and that's why we always we always give that as an offer to people. We ask them if they would like us to bring that person in, or if they're not comfortable with it. Um, you know, I and there again, I don't presume to under fully understand like you know what all of that is. I mean, it's all again. There's a lot of theory involved in a lot of it, and yeah. interpretation involved in a lot of it. Uh, so, you know, we leave that open to people. I mean, if somebody's not comfortable with the idea of a medium being in their house, then I'm not going to make them deal with a medium being in their house. That's, yeah. that's not that's not fair to them at all. Well, it, 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 I'll just, we're going to go on because we've, we've kind of talked about this a lot and we're kind of just circling the same thing. I mean, I, I guess I would just add too, I mean, if, again, I would agree. The Bible says don't mess with these people. This is not cool. This is bad. And you're like, well, do you want to do, should we? Should we dabble in something the Bible forbids or not? You know, it's up to you guys. And as a pastor, I just don't know that I can get behind that. I don't. I, it almost seems irresponsible to me, to be honest with you, Dan. Um, but we're going to jump on because, again, sure. I, I know that a lot of that for you is you're using a different definition of the word medium. Right. And I think that's where you're able to, because I know in your, I, you know, in your mind, I think you've resolved this and reconciled this, and I don't think you're feeling guilty or you know, like, hey, I'm doing something wrong. Obviously, you've come to a place. But it seems like even in your research, you're trying to tie, you know, this paranormal experts along with the Word of God, and you're trying to find some type of sure. connection there. Is that right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So on when you, and what you guys do, 
Um, how much of your beliefs about spirituality do you derive from the Bible? All of it. Okay. For me personally, I mean, that's where I go first for anything. Any spiritual questions I have about, you know, life or, you know, my personal um, spirituality, I mean, any of that, I, that's where I go. I go to the Bible first. Do you it. see any type of conflict between what the Bible's saying and some of the things that you're doing? No, I don't, because I fully believe that um, there are those that need to walk, and I think I mentioned that last week, that there are those that need to walk the front line and be in that area that, yeah. you know, there there's pastors that are that are called to be up on the stage because they're good preachers and they're they're magnetic individuals, and there's those that are called to be on the front line doing the dirty work and. I think that I'm. Right. That's where I'm called to be is on that front line. I'm. I'm. I guard the door. Do you think we're a little nuts on our side? No. Do you think we're a little bit too skeptical? No. So okay. I think it's okay. Huh? Absolutely. No, I appreciate you letting us grill you like yeah. this. I know you said you've had worse, but um, I mean, I. So I think, it, but I think it's important conversations to have because this is an area people are fascinated by. Sure. And I think they're going to very honestly, very dangerous places. Yeah. And absolutely, I think I think sometimes, I think maybe you guys are playing with a little bit of fire here, mm-hmm. especially, admittedly, not totally understanding how it works, but you're saying, hey, we're willing to take that risk because we feel like we need to to help people. Right. That's where you're coming from. Absolutely. I, I understand where you're coming and from. And that's why, like, I think Wayne said it last week, too, that depending on the case, too, the, the other individuals that are on our team that help us with stuff, like, we'll talk to them and say, look, this is what we feel is going on here. If you guys aren't comfortable with this, you don't have to go. Like, we don't, I mean, just because you're part of the team, you don't, we're not expecting you to go to every single one of them. If there's something going on that, that we don't feel that they'd be comfortable with, we let them know, like, look, you know, there's something evil in this house. If you're not comfortable with that, by all means, stay home tonight because I don't want you going in there, you know, unprepared and, and you know, God forbid, you know, something attaches to them and they're, and then they end up taking some oppression home with mm-hmm. them. So I definitely don't, you know, we don't, we don't try to force that on anybody. And on, on that line, I have another concern from the, the handout, the handbook for the people that work with you. It says to use religious relics and symbols as protection and find power in your faith. Um, and then that combined with the prayers for recitation that you leave with them, it just it concerns me. It seems like there's a sense of good luck charms or superstition, religious relics, like you can control the spirit world with certain words or certain things. And I know not, that's not the case, and you can't, evoke the power of God with a little written prayer because he's a person. He's, he's a being. He's not going to just jump at the snap of your fingers if that's the little symbol you choose, you know? It, yeah, he, he doesn't react to our magic words. He is God. Sure. But I, I believe that, I mean, if you're sincere in your prayer and you're using the 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 words that are written on the page as a guideline because you know in a lot of cases the people that we go in and we talk to they're not prayer warriors they don't know oh, yeah. they don't have the words they don't know 
they don't know what to say. So, so we're giving them a guideline to get them started. And like when for me, like the relics, that's what I, when we're talking. He's holding about, up a cross, like so. you know, and 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 you know, I know. I mean, this is a piece of probably not even real silver, you know, whatever ten dollar thing. It, but it gives people a physical representation of hope. So if they have that, it might give them that confidence, that hope that they can have that power of Christ and evoke that power of Christ and condemn these, you know, evil spirits. Why is Even, that not clarified, though? Because, like, I mean, when you say a religious relic, mm-hmm. what religion, well, uh, well, what kind of relic? Right, exactly. Sure. And there again, when we go into a place, we don't know, you know, the people may be, you know, well, Jewish or Catholic or Christian or Buddhist or, you know, whatever. Is, they might want to pray to their... This is the handbook for the people that are working with you, not for the people you're visiting. Sure. So the well, people and, that are working with you aren't necessarily Christians? No, I don't. Pam's not. Yeah, Pam's not. And, well, and, and I don't, Pam's I guess the I medium. don't know. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever asked, a, like, well, I think Brandon, I know, I know, you know, one of the guys is, but the other, I don't know for sure if he is actually a professed wow. Christian. I, I don't That's think I've actually ever asked him. But I, know, I do know that he's one of the first ones that if we say that there's something yeah, demonic going home. on, that he doesn't go. Um, another thing that I have here is this, and I, I have a problem with this. It says, if you are active in ghostly pursuits, then evil will cross your path. Don't disagree with that. That makes sense. Ghost hunters are somewhat susceptible to demonic possession because of the nature of their work. The sentence I have a real problem with it says, "Good deeds and a love for life is all your is a, a love for all life is your greatest protection." The, the the verse that comes to mind is, "My filthiness is my my righteousness is as filthy rags." Good deeds. What does that even mean? That's so obscure. That's so vague. Again, like. Pet, go pet puppies and help little ladies across the street. I mean, what do you, I, right? Most of this stuff is vague. These are uh, mostly. This is my my thing. I I wrote this up. So and, and I the, <laughs> Sorry, the word relic. You know, I I did uh, stress over that a little bit. But Dan knew exactly what it was, and it, I'm I'm telling the people that are doing this, wear your crosses to to there and live your life pure. Live your life the way you that, should be living it. But what does that even mean to somebody to live their life the way you should be living it? Because from the Christian experience, we know that that's useless. Yeah, legalism can step in at that point saying that you have to live to a certain level in order to be protected by God. But grace teaches us that through his blood, we have been cleansed. So when you say that we have to live up to a certain amount of good deeds— to me, I hear that, and I think that you're putting uh, emphasis on the legalism. Let me ask you a question, Wayne, and this is just going to clarify. How does one get to heaven? What do you need to do to get to heaven? You have to accept Jesus. Can't you just live a good life? I think maybe you can. You think, so if you think someone lives a good life, whatever that may mean, and if they live a good life, then they can go to heaven? Possibly. I don't. I'm not the one that's going to get to decide that agreed totally but, agree on that but this is to make sure they go in with a positive attitude that's what this is all about go in with a positive okay. attitude yeah i just we're, we're afraid that people are being exposed and i'm glad you say hey we think something funky is going down here but from our perspective of you're in you're just encountering demonic forces sure. 
for us, it's like, you know, again, our perspective, they're all demonic forces and mm-hmm. it's all dangerous. Right. And you're like, so, to well, invite them into that seems yeah. very dangerous. Yeah. And then, you know, going into any place, before we go in, I pray over the whole team. And I'm glad you do that. And when we're done, I pray over the whole team. And before we get in the, our cars, I pray over the whole team. And as we're going home, I'm still praying over the whole team. Like, I mean, I, I cover the team in prayer constantly throughout the evening. And, um, and if anybody was ever to come to me or if I notice, um, there's been instances where, you know, I've noticed that like Wayne's demeanor changes. Does that mean mm. that he's being oppressed by something? I don't know for sure. Or maybe but, it's the chili from lunch. Right. But, but silently I'm Could praying be. for him at that moment because yeah, I think there's something different going on and I don't want it to turn into something. So, you know, so we're cover. I'm covering them all in prayer throughout the night whether they realize it or not. All right, we're going to go into rapid-fire questions here. I'm going to ask quick questions, and I'm going to want quick answers. I don't care which one of you answers. If you have a quick response from the uh, from Chad or Holly or Carol, that's fine. Um, but here we go. Number one, um, demonic possession was a big deal in the time of Christ. Why does it seem to be something we don't talk about or see anymore? And I'm using quotes when I say see much of anymore. Because people have been desensitized to what it really is. Do you think demonic depression and uh, possession is still something that happens and is a problem? Absolutely. Do you, do you think you see that a lot in yes. what you do? Yes. Okay. Is it dangerous to play with spirituality? Yes. How is it dangerous? And we've touched on this a little bit, but if you could re, re uh, if you could just restate why it's dangerous to play with the spiritual. Well, if you're not involved in this with your whole heart, then then that can be dangerous. So you don't saying, go in if you don't know what you're doing. That too, and and okay. so much of it is gray. But I'm telling people, don't do this on the side, like a like you're playing a game. Okay, because it's not a game, right? I think we all agree on that. Okay, um, so give me your opinion. Should you watch as a as anyone? Should you watch horror movies like the really occultic Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby um, horror movies? No. How about as a Christian? Do you have any business watching movies like that? No. Would you say? Okay. Anybody disagree with that? Okay, they say no. Um, I've always had a problem with that. If you have, again, if you disagree with us, contact us. Let us know if you think mm-hmm. we're nuts. Maybe we are. Do you think it's okay to play with Ouija boards? No, absolutely not. Do you think it's okay to try to host seances? No. Okay. Why do people seem to be so dismissive of what the Bible has to say about spirituality and so open to what the Hollywood has to say about it? Because Hollywood is everywhere, and people see it, are inundated with, with the world everywhere they go, but they don't see the Bible everywhere they go. Okay. And you, and I would say, too, I think it's just slicker packaging. Oh, absolutely. We would ra- yeah. rather, much rather watch paranormal sure. activity than uh, than read the Word of God because it just doesn't seem as sexy. Right. It's not as entertaining sometimes. Um, I got a question from my good friend Craig Sutherland, who is a former guest on this show. Um, he says... And I've actually read this in your paperwork, so I kind of know what your answer is. But why do ghost hunters work in the dark or at night? He says he's pretty sure if a house is haunted, it's haunted 24 hours a day. It sure is. So really the only purpose, be, and we don't typically, I mean, we go in at night. The main reason for me personally to do it at night is there's a lot less noise. So if typical like vehicle traffic, you know, that kind of stuff, there's a lot less of it at mm, night. That makes sense. Um, the whole thing about doing it in the dark is because the theory is that you can catch 
things on film using ultraviolet light, that you can catch things on film using a full spectrum camera, that you can catch these things using like night vision things mm -hmm. that you can't see with your naked eye, but you can see it and through, so through these different filters that you would only be able to use in the dark. That makes sense. Um, you also mentioned the importance of being respectful, empathetic, and grateful when interacting with spirits. Why? Well, there again, it's, it's from our research and the research says that's what they want. Some of them just want you to pray over them. They want help. They want to know they have not been forgotten. And that I stress that throughout the night that we're there to help them. Don't be afraid of us. We won't be afraid of you. And I, and I would add to that, too, is even if it's something demonic, it's probably not a really good idea to tick them off. So being respectful until you get to the point where you understand what you're dealing with, and then you evoke, you know, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to go in and do an initial investigation and irritate something that's going on there so that the people that have to stay there while I'm at home listening to my recordings, they have to live there still. And I don't want them to have to live with something that now I've just aggravated the situation. So we try to be respectful going in. When we go back with our findings, if we determine that, you know, hey, there's a really good likeliness that what we're dealing with is demonic, then that changes things. Now, I'm not going to be Mr. Nice Guy about it. I'm telling you that, you know, in the name of Jesus, you're not welcome here. You need to go. I guess I don't really understand why you need to record voices or capture images, how that helps. Why not just do it the way Jesus and his disciples did and just, like, go in and get rid of the demons, just sure. cast those spirits out? Well, for me, there's two reasons, I guess. The first, the first reason is because the people that we're going to see if they think that it's, you know, Grandpa Joe or, you know, Cousin Timmy or whatever, they might want to hear something. They want to hear something. And for you me personally, for the, the work that we do in the field that we do, the more evidence that you can capture to correlate with the theories that have been placed in the paranormal research field, then we can further that research. But is it ever a good idea for people to live with a spirit? Like, um, you're, okay, you're okay with just walking away and not if, telling them to get rid of the spirit? If that's what they want, that's what we do. I mean, I personally don't like the idea of that. And I would, and I would recommend to them that, you know, help that spirit move on. Or, you know, if, it, if I feel it's demonic, you know, we're, we're going to get rid of that. I feel like um, that's saying to a kid, you know, you really shouldn't play in the street, but if you really want to, go ahead. That's okay. I think in 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 <laughs> I think that one thing that you're missing here is the fact that if you cast out a demon and the person is not receptive of Christ, you will make matters worse. Oh, so it that's might be a better, huge concern of mine. It might be yeah, better can, for the demon to stay right, there. You can you can then cast bring back out, more. Yeah, I can cast out a demon and if that and if that person's not a believer and isn't and, and isn't behind that What's to say that that demon doesn't? Well, Jesus said you can sweep the house clean, and then the demon will just go and find seven others that are even worse than itself and just come right. back and go, oh, it's Absolutely. still empty. Which is exactly why I'm concerned about 
the lack of the name of Jesus Christ in the prayers mm-hmm. and some of the ideas of relics and, right. and recitations and not a relationship. Right. And that's why, like I said, you know, when I pray with the, with the families and when I lead them in prayers and have them walk through the house during the, during the blessings and whatnot, is then I empower them to take over those prayers and do that. And I'm always invoking the name of Christ. I mean, that's always included in everything that I do. I wanted to cover the question you asked, why record the voices? Yeah. And it's something I covered off the air last week. It was when this case where we had the 10-year-old, they had her on medication. She was in the hospital for different reasons. And when I played the recording of the ghost voice for the mother, and she started crying, she knew for the first time her 10-year-old wasn't insane. Yeah. So it's an issue of comfort then for her. Yeah, so much that... You can see it on their faces night and day when they realize that there is something there. They're not insane. And um, so um, I'm going to wrap our second episode of interviewing the ghost hunters. We appreciate immensely you guys being on here and answering questions that are very challenging and, you know, and, and putting up with that and letting us grill you a little bit. Um, that's not normally how our podcast goes, but I think it's a good conversation for the reasons we've already mentioned. Yeah, Mainly, people are fascinated with this. They're yeah. already doing research into it. They're already looking into it. Um, and even Holly had had experiences when she was younger. And I, Holly, could you just share with us a little bit um, just how this past week has impacted you just even being a part of this conversation last week and what's been going on? Yeah, I shared a lot with Dave and Carol, Um, you know, growing up and even into my adult years, I had a lot of experiences that I would, you know, categorize as paranormal, Um, seeing things, hearing things, feeling things like all senses employed, um, things that I couldn't explain. And sometimes, you know, it was okay. It didn't really, you know, scare me at all. But then there were other times where I was frightened and the flip side to that was, you know, for most of my life, I've had a fascination with the paranormal. I watched a lot of ghost hunter shows, seeing the things that they do with their equipment to try and capture evidence of, you know, spirits or demons, whatever is there in a place. And it's always fascinated me. And, you know, people in my life have always discouraged me like, you shouldn't, you know, don't watch those shows. There's, you know, nothing good there. But it's like, but when you've experienced it, um, there's just that fascination there. And I think there's a lot of fascination for people who haven't experienced anything and maybe Mm -hmm. they want to, you know, they want to go on ghost hunts, a lot of places sell that stuff because people want to go and experience it. And just thinking over things this past week, thinking back on um, the first session, and it just gave me a lot to think about as a believer, you know, having these experiences, it kind of puts me in an interesting spot of, I do believe that these things exist. whether it's spirits, whether it's demons, there are things out there. And I feel like me personally, I'm more susceptible to having those experiences because I've had them. And also because of that fascination, I'm more prone to think of, okay, something weird is going on here. Could it be this? Um, And so as a believer, it's just, yeah, it's caused me to think about, um, sorry, I'm rambling here. Uh, what's my response to that supposed to be? And just in the last week, I'm already thinking like, mm-hmm. you know, this is serious stuff. This isn't stuff that anybody should be messing with. We shouldn't be pursuing it. We shouldn't be doing it for fun. You know, I shouldn't be watching those shows because it's just feeding into that fascination. But 
On the flip side, you know, if there are people who are having those experiences, I can speak firsthand, it can be terrifying not knowing what's going on. And if you're not really feeling equipped to handle those situations, I think it is good to be able to have people who can come and assist you. Um, but at the same time, are we drawing more attention to it? And could that be furthering, you know, the occurrences of these these events? So yeah, so just an interesting spot for me as I'm, you know, reflecting and thinking on my own experiences. Sure, and I agree fully with what you said about um, the these, and I think Wayne would agree with me wholly. We, we don't, you know, we don't charge anything for what we do. We don't get paid anything for what we do. We're not on a TV right. show. Sci-fi doesn't like pay us a gajillion dollars a well, year not yet, or anyway. whatever. I don't think I would ever. I would never accept that. Really, it's um, good to hear. I think that those individuals that are doing it for the publicity and the money are putting themselves in a dangerous spot. So you're not doing it for the publicity, no. obviously not the money. Right. Nope. We do it to help people. That's the that's core, what I do. That's the that's, core of why you do that's this. That's what we do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Chad? I have one question. Um, understanding the biblical conversation that we had today, would you guys be willing to you know, abandon the concept of having a quote-unquote medium, invoking the name of Christ more, and turning your, at least your, um, your, 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 I'm trying to figure out how to say it, turning your, your, your vocabulary more to a biblical, um, more, more biblical, more biblical sounding rather than new age and et cetera. Well, this is a conversation Dan and I already had and in, in, to do with the smudging, too. I wanted to bring more prayer into there. And now what I'm going to do is, is bring Jesus' name. I'm going to find different prayers mm. that actually have uh, Jesus' name in it and, and use those. And we, have, we don't use the medium every time, and we, we said that. Right. And we're, we're talking about using it even less. I mean, we've had that discussion lately. Um, maybe at different times, maybe after, at the end. But we always ask, like I say, we ask before we bring her in, are you opposed to this? And we're not opposed to, to not involving her. I mean, we've done it before. I guess my question then, because my heart is this. I mean, much like Holly, I've had, I've had you know, experiences that I know are um, spiritual, um, and I would hate to see somebody deceived into believing something that's not true yeah. and having their mm -hmm. whole entire life and their eternity taken from them because they believed in something false. Sure. Now I believe that, you know, I believe in, you know, ghost hunters. I believe that if it's necessary for a ghost hunter to go into a house that 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 need, may need to be done. I believe it. I've, I've believed it for years. Um, my question is, though, the manner of which it is being done, mm -hmm. I think it should be entirely biblical. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of what we do, um, you know, just about every week, every other week, the, uh, the forms, the pages that you guys have copies of are constantly changing. Um, as we grow in our team and working together and our philosophy gets more cohesive of you know what the ghost hunters are 
and you know what it is that we're doing and what we're trying to achieve here um it's constantly as in a state of evolution can you say as evolution as a christian is that allowed right. yes absolutely <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah i'd like to use a scientific uh term and that's dan and i are filling a niche i think that's, it's niche now don't you say it niche now sorry yeah anyway anyway yeah you're filling you're filling in a, a niche <laughs> that no one else is filling you know yeah. and we're trying to do it right i know you are and i appreciate that um do you have something else you want to add or no, not necessarily. Okay. Well, I'm so I'm going to wrap now. Um, again, thank you guys. Mm, thank I, you for having us. I appreciate your hearts. Um, obviously, there's things we don't agree on. Um, I would absolutely say if you have something going on in your home or place of business and you're convinced it's spiritual, I, I would just say don't ignore it. Um, how I want to wrap this is if you feel like you've resonated with what the ghost hunters have said, I mean, you're going to be able to, you can find the Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters if you feel like you want to contact them, they'd be helpful. I know these guys are very sincere, very earnest, and very much want to help people. I, I can't say as a podcast we are endorsing it openly from all the reasons we've already discussed. Sure. Um, I, but I would say this for sure, don't ignore it. Don't just pretend it's hokey. Don't be afraid to tell the right people about it, just like a lot of other things in life Absolutely. that we talk about the, on this podcast. At the very least, talk to somebody at your church or, you know, talk to a pastor. Talk to somebody. If you feel like there's something dangerous going on in your home or in your life, then talk to yeah. somebody about it. You know, and the funny thing is I've talked to a lot of people over the last week, and a guy with an experience will always be the guy with, an, or, or, guy, the, the guy with just an argument. Um because there's a lot of guys out there that have all the proof that this is silly and nuts and crazy. But the people who've experienced it, you could never tell them that what happened to them didn't happen to them. And I know that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm thankful I've never really experienced any of this to a great degree. Not looking to. Um, I'm happy to live a ghost-free life as far as I'm able to tell. Um, I, my friend John Neiman wanted me to ask big important question. Is Casper really a friendly ghost? I think he's mischievous i would i would say that he's a poltergeist he's probably okay. a pretty mischievous thing just from seeing the movies and reading the books all right well go ahead wayne yeah i use reference to casper on my handout sheet you might have noticed yeah. that but uh be warned they're not all friendly ghosts no in fact i again my perspective is none of them are friendly um but we've discussed that um appreciate you guys being on the show this is an open letter. Go ahead, Dan. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. This is an open letter podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please, please, we need your feedback. Um, we get very lonely, and then we get very depressed, and then we, we just go and cry because we don't have input from you. And nobody tells me when we do get input. We don't have, because we, we don't have any. So we, we get, then we start to binge eat, and we gain weight, and that's, on your, that's your fault, listeners, because you're not <laughs> responding to us my obesity is your fault because I need response. I need positive reinforcement. And if it sounds like I'm desperate and begging, it's only because I am. So we want your feedback. Please give us something. Uh, Facebook, email us, and open letter to you at gmail.com. That's an open letter, the number two, the letter U at gmail.com. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Um, might be expanding to other platforms as well. But we are... We're excited because we know that a bunch of you are listening out there and our audience is growing, and we're super excited about that. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great day. <laughs>